0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 105 of Making It, I'm Bob Claggett, here
1: with Jimmy DeResta. Hello guys, thank you for having me again, thank you for having me back every time. <laughs> Thanks for coming back every time, Jimmy.
2: <laughs> we never know,
1: it's Like Jimmy, is Jimmy coming back? We don't know. <laughs> yeah, He might, He's is he, oh, will the internet hold up while he's here? I don't know, but yeah. Hey, I'm always texting you guys, minutes ahead. Sorry, I'm going to be a minute late, sorry, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, today it was like 4.03, 4.04, I'm here.
0: Yeah.
2: Anyway, we also have David Picciuto. Hey, what's going on? Not much. What's Not going much. on with you? Not much. I'm working on a, on a cool little project right now. Uh, let's see. I'm familiar with the channel How to Make Everything. The, yeah. He did like the, um, the How to Make a $3,000 sandwich. I forget what the actual cost was. But he grew all the stuff to make the bread and the vegetables and butchered the, the meat and everything for it. And all his videos are like that, like making everything from scratch. So we're making a pair of prescription eyeglasses. And he made the lenses. He went to some sort of glass person. I'm not sure what this is called yet. And then um, he dried some wood. He sent it, sent the lenses to me. And now I'm making glasses. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure when it's coming out. It probably will be a couple weeks. That's cool. Sweet. Yeah. That's very cool.
1: about you, Jimmy? I am back in the shop today in New York City. I've been upstate for a couple days. It took a few days to get back to normal after my Ohio trip and uh, couldn't wait to get back and experiment and program in my tool numbers and stuff and my tool heights and my tool numbers, you know, a few things I learned. So I did all that and I'm experimenting a little bit. And I also experimented this weekend with powder coating. Have either of you guys ever powder coated? I've always wanted to. I've never done it. It's real easy. It's, it's obviously super simple. I bought the kit from a uh, Catalog Online. Um, uh, everyone's going to think they're a sponsor, so I don't even want to mention their name right here. Um, this, this, the kit I bought has their logo all over it, so it's going to be in the video. But it works really well. So I, I powder-coated a hammer, of course, just as a matter of my first experiment. And I'm going to do that as a video. So I powder-coated the hammer, and I I bought a brand-new hammer. So I just really want to make sure I upset everybody. So I bought a brand-new hammer, and I cut the handle off of it. You know, an S-Wing, my favorite hammer. 16-ounce straight claw, and I cut the rubber off of the handle, and I prepped it. And I, I powder-coated it, and I'm going to build a wooden handle for it. So I might start on that today.
2: Where Ooh. on the hammer does it say Duresta?
1: Oh, I didn't powder-coat my name on it yet. Maybe I'll have it engraved in the handle. We'll okay. see.
2: I'd yeah, be very just, disappointed I'm, if it doesn't say I'm, I'm basically,
1: yeah, Could Basically,
2: mask it off?
1: Uh, you could, I think so. Yeah, possibly. But I, I don't want to risk doing that just yet. I just want to get a little bit more experience with it. But this is, uh, I'm going to call this Pimping My Hammer. I going to call it, instead of Pimping My Ride, Pimping My <laughs> Hammer. Because it's also the basic stalwart hammer, and it's going to look kind of cool. So I powder coated it in white, glossy white. And I'm going to make it handles out mm-hmm. of a, a South American wood I got, some fancy wood.
2: So it's going to be cool. Can you explain the difference between powder coating and painting?
1: Powder coating is basically enamel. So do you know? Did you ever see like an old like doctor tray, for instance, with like a blue edge and it's got white? So when you take like old metal enamel, it's kind of like putting that type of finish on it. Although that, those those are really more like I think genuine glass enamel is kind of like a glass finish on top of metal. This is I think a little bit more. Uh, looks like a polymer. So it doesn't. It flexes. It doesn't scratch. It's much more durable. And I co- of course, there must be different qualities of powder coating. And this kit that I got might be just a middle grade or low grade. I'm not sure. Um, so what you do is you basically take steel, you coat it with powder, just as the name indicates, and then you bake it and that powder melts to the surface of the metal. So you get a really nice durable finish. Whereas with paint, you could scratch it or, you know, it might be in, in the process of, of painting it. You got to wait for the paint to dry, a fly will land in it, all these things. With powder coating, if you have a problem before you put it in the oven, you simply just blow it off with an air gun and then reapply the powder. And the, huh. the process to apply the powder is an electrostatic cling. So you charge the piece of metal with a little alligator clip, and now it's electrostatically charged. So when you pull the trigger on the gun, the powder floats in the air and, it, and is attracted to the metal electrostatically. So you can get a really nice thick coating of powder on it evenly. And it's funny because I tried it at first, it wasn't working. I couldn't figure out why, and I, I didn't have the machine on. I thought it was turned on. And then the minute you turn it on, there's no audible sound. Or di- The only difference is all of a sudden the powder actually clings to it, whereas it's just floating by it. And then when you turn the switch on, and it sticks right to it. So I just with anything else, I just like to experiment. So these last few days have been me just experimenting with that and then also with the Tormac, just experimenting with making parts.
2: So, so this kit that you have... Does it come with a way to bake it, or do you have to buy yep. that on your own? Oh, it does. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a,
1: everybody knows the company. It's a big car company that makes all kinds of car uh, fabrication, car modification parts, and they sell the oven, which is just a big toaster oven, but it's larger than your average toaster oven. It's kind of like okay. a it's it's kind of like a medium sized microwave size. It's it's about eighteen inches wide by about thirteen fourteen inches high and deep, and it takes pretty a lot of parts. Takes you know the wide variety of large parts, took the hammer no problem. Whereas a regular toaster oven might not even have the width left to right for to, uh, for the hammer itself. And uh, so they sell the gun and all kinds of powders, mm-hmm. and the oven. So it was I'm good. Curious, I, and now yeah. I, now I got the wheels of a- turning. I'm gonna stop powder coating everything. <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see that video, but I'm also a little boned because that's been on my list to do for about a year year and a half, and I just never got around to it. And Random. now if I do it, everybody will say I'm copying you. So
1: well, I, I, g- I grant you ah. the right to yeah, copy Yeah, you can't me, do so it. Everybody can hear it now. I can't.
2: <laughs> I can't work with orange.
1: I can't work with steel, apparently. I can't work with brass because oh, click spring owns the corner on brass and then dike 'em. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's this big, weird circle of like proprietary stuff. Nobody right. can use anybody else's <laughs> stuff. Well, that's awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing that.
2: Super simple, um, yeah.
0: From, yeah. Um, I've thought about getting the Harbor Freight. They have a kit, a, a powder coating kit there, and that's kind of what I was going to get, just to, as a cheap way to get started. But I'm sure that doesn't come with the oven, so I hadn't even considered that part of it. Um, but yeah. So for me, I've been kind of working on a bunch of random stuff. Um, had a couple failed projects, and so now I'm experimenting about to start working with my lathe for the first time. Just kind of all over the place, doing a lot of a lot of different things. So, recently, did I say about the uh, drone case that I made? No. Yeah, so I took uh, my metal cutting bandsaw from Harbor Freight came in like a pretty good size plastic case and it was just in the way. I was reorganizing some stuff the other day and was going to get rid of it and I realized that it would be perfect for my drone. So, got some Kaizen foam and Cut out the inserts inside this thing, put the foam in, and cut it all to fit the drone and the batteries and the charger and the iPad and everything I need when I take that out. And it's not a super hard case, so it's not like a flight case quality, you know, but for storage and for taking it around in the car, it's actually going to work pretty well. So I have a video of that. I'm not sure when I'll put that out or if I'll put it out because it's not really that interesting, (laughs) but it was something I did. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. We'll see.
2: We'll see. Yeah. Before we go into the topic, can we talk about something I'm not working on? Yes.
0: Okay. So Talk about something you're not working
2: on. So I was, uh, a couple weeks ago, I I told everybody about the titanium rings that I was cutting on the CNC. I have since stopped that project and I'm no longer moving forward with it. Really? Why is that? Uh, Because I've got, thanks to this podcast, some people have reached out to me and said, what you're doing is actually pretty dangerous. You might not want to make a video on it because the titanium little shavings are highly flammable. Titanium itself is not flammable, but the little shavings are when they get really hot. And they are really hard to put out if they do catch fire. It needs a Class D fire extinguisher, which is not a normal, common fire extinguisher. And so um, I have decided that I don't want to make a video that could potentially put somebody in danger so i've stopped doing hmm. that and uh i'm we're now going to make the rings on the laser cutter so just wanted to mention that i wanted to thank everybody who reached out to me and said hey please be safe you know so yeah thank you. Oh,
1: I, I had no idea yeah yeah
0: that's that's really awesome that people let you know that though yes and a very nice very way cool. too i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean we can't know everything about what we're trying especially when we try stuff for the first time or right third
2: time or a 10th time, you know, we don't know at all. So cool. Well, what are we gonna talk about this week? So I had the idea and I don't know where we're going to take it, but the topic idea is how has luck good or bad played a role in our lives and our career?
0: Yep. Um, so do we want to define luck a little
2: bit? Cause that might mean different yes, things to different people. I, I do like uh, things. How did you phrase it in the text earlier? Something, uh, things out of our control. Yeah, I think just things out of our
0: control, because that can mean a lot of different things. You know, <clears throat> it, every individual is going to have a perception of, like, what's in charge of their life, whether it's them or someone else or something else. Um, sometimes people, you know, will actively reach into your life and do things for you that you don't really ask for. Mm-hmm. So that's out of your control, but also really cool. So I, I think, yeah, just maybe stuff out of our control is an easy way to put it.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I know for me... Um, There's been tons of, tons of examples of things that are out of my control. Um, I will say the first thing that came to mind when you brought up the topic was um, you putting my videos in your show. That was the first thing that, that popped in my head because that was something where, you know, I sent you an email and I initiated a conversation to get to know you and like send you my, what I was working on. But I legitimately did not think you would put the video on your show because it didn't really match what else was there. And it was more of just like a hey, here's a common, a person with common interests. And here's a person who's doing something, and they asked to see what we're working on. So here's what I'm working on. And so you know that the way that you continued to to spread my content on your platform was out of my control. Um, but excuse me, but it had a huge impact on the growth of my
2: channel. And so that that was the first thing that came to mind when you brought it up. I'd like to add to that um, that I I really think. I know for a fact that even if that wouldn't have been, even if I didn't put you on the show, you would still be where you are today because you would still have pushed making the videos and you would have built your audience over time like you have. And little things like that, those little lucky moments, are really great. But your hard work would have trumped any kind of luck. I would, I would assume. I would assume, right? I think the path would have been
0: different. I mean, I yeah. think we could, you know, agree on like even if i did get to the things i have now and the growth i have and all that stuff even if that had happened eventually the path would have been different because you know in that case you intentionally exposed my content to your audience which even if i had reached those people eventually it would have taken longer it would have taken a different venue it would take you know mm-hmm. and so i think um i think the output may have been the same may not have but you know there's a bunch of examples of like that little turning points of things that are out of your control you know doing people doing things nice for you or people getting in your way sometimes will stop you from going down a path that you shouldn't go you know which is also interesting
2: yeah you guys got any examples of this for yourselves there was a time where I had uh, I was trying to do the freelance graphic design web design thing and it wasn't working out and it wasn't working out in a really bad way and I needed a job. And so I just started like blindly emailing these people, like, hey, looking for work, here's my resume, blah, blah, blah. And the, the one printing company that I emailed, he, no relation, there's ne- we had never talked to him before, he actually took my email and forwarded it to somebody else who then interviewed me. And then I worked there for 10 years. And that set me off Ooh. on my web development career. And I also did photography and videography there. And that led to what I do now. And so it's kind of weird. Like if that person did not forward that email, what path would I be on right now? And so that's one of those moments where I just got lucky. It was, lucky. It was just, you know, blindly email a bunch of people and then something actually happened. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I, I honestly, I'm just sitting here thinking and I'm emailing you guys quotes that I'm finding about luck. I've been very lucky in many ways and just the first couple of things that pop into mind and friends and girlfriends have had have said, you have have like an odd, weird stroke of luck all the time. When I was a kid, I used to always leave my key in my car everywhere I went because my car never got stolen. It was just a habit I had. I never took the key out of my car. It's crazy. Everywhere I went, the key was stuck in the car. And then one day I came home and I couldn't remember where I parked my car because I thought it was at my house and then I thought it was here and this is when I was a teenager. My car got stolen and about two weeks later, I got it back. No problems at all. There was nothing wrong with it. And uh, hmm. fast forward to New York City. I had a, well, my Honda XLR650, big motorcycle, got stolen. I got it back two weeks later. One night it was in the process of getting stolen. My neighbor knocked on my door and says, I think someone's stealing your motorcycle. So I went outside and the guy ran away. My Vespa got stolen. I got it back like two weeks later. So when you think about any vehicle ever getting stolen from somebody, and the chances of ever getting it back are like 100% zero. And I've had three things in my life stolen, and they got them back. And then, you know, the second attempt on one of them, which I was able to thwart. But when I I think about just being lucky, I mean, it's a state of mind. So that's just – I try to keep a state of mind that – I am lucky that I'm just a lucky person, but I also work extremely hard. I mean, we all work extremely hard for the things we do. Bob, you just hit a million subscribers. Now the outside person might say, well, oh, Bob's lucky because he's getting, but you, you work in your butt off to get those subscribers. You're doing great content and you work all the time at it. It's become your full-time job. And, and we talked about a couple of quotes during the, the Boston podcast. I can't remember. I was trying to find that quote. That's what I was looking where I said, luck is something about preparation and waiting or something like that. I can't remember that quote, and I can't seem to find it. I'm finding every other quote in the world about luck except for that one. <laughs> um, but uh, I like the to The believe... harder
2: you work, the luckier you get. Something along those lines. Yeah, that's
1: right. That's one of them. And that's that's one that I didn't hear about until that day. I was trying to remember another one, which I just can't seem to remember. But that is a very good one. And and that's basically what I'm saying about us three, is like, the harder we work, the luckier you get. and. When when people come to me and ask me for advice and say, "Oh, you've been lucky. You have all these people giving you free tools and this, that, and the other thing, and and you got all these subscribers." And, and I say, "No, you know." I said, "Yeah, I'm lucky because I've been sort of developing this trajectory. But I'm lucky that it's working. I'm lucky that I didn't cut my whole hand off the day I got injured. I'm lucky that you know the five times I stuck my thumb in the bandsaw over my lifetime that I didn't cut my thumb tip off. You know, these all these things that I'm lucky about. Although is that really luck? I mean, I don't know, but." Um, you know, I've been in a couple of car accidents where thankfully I never got hurt. Am I lucky? I don't know. It's hard to tell. But I'm not I'm not really sure what my point is, but my I guess my point is if you work hard, you'll be lucky. If you go out of the house and if you present yourself, if you become a social media involved in social media, you get lucky. And if we're talking in, in relationship to a career and luck luck being in relationship to a career. The more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities you have to fail, but the much more opportunities you have to succeed. So when people say to me, oh, how do you do this and how do you do that? And how do you make clients and how do you get work? I was like, well, do you have Instagram? Well, no, but I was thinking about it. Oh, I don't do Facebook. I'm like, in this world, if you're not connected that way, it's going to be much more difficult for you to get lucky to get a client I mean, If you have Instagram, if maybe you set a YouTube, maybe you come up with your own little version of what your YouTube channel is. You just got to keep chipping away at all these different opportunities to get lucky. And if you do none of them, 100% sure you won't get lucky. I mean, maybe you win lotto yeah. and you get lucky in a different stratosphere. But you got to present the opportunity to get lucky. You got to invite lucky in. You can't just stand by and wait for someone. It, you're never going to get a, a viral video if you don't start making videos, for instance. That, yeah, yeah.
0: You said opportunity, and that, that was a thing that I was just thinking about. There's an Edison quote that I just found opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> that's such a great quote. I just found
1: that the other day for some reason, yeah, because I was looking up Mike Rowe and that showed up. That was, that's a great quote. Yeah.
0: And that, I mean, that kind of attack, like I'm not a big believer in luck of a, like a random, you know, this force that shines on you and whatever. Um, I think stuff is, is kind of based in work, you know, and I think that's a really good quote because, you know, you can say you're unlucky because you're not faced with opportunities. But if you're not putting yourself in those positions, you know, if you're not getting Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff that you were just talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to see it even if it's there, you know, um, if you're not looking for opportunities to do the things that you want to do, you're definitely not going to see them. So I think that's a big thing. Um, let's see another thing for me that's kind of related to, very similar to what uh, you were saying, David, about your job. um, so I way before this life, I had uh owned a web design firm. We sold to an ad agency and we became their interactive arm. And so then I when I moved into that job, I didn't have any of the like corporate responsibility anymore, you know, of like running stuff and I just got to work, but I was getting paid really well. And didn't enjoy the work at all, but it was I was getting paid well enough that I could just like, eh, you know, I'm just gonna do this. And then all of a sudden, I think I've talked about this before, the This company was renting our building from us that we owned from our previous business for us to work in. So they were basically just paying us for our building, paying for the building. And so one day they just decided to move all of us back to their home office, which is like 45 minutes from here. So they just came in and one day and said, we're moving you, you're going to have to commute, and we're not going to be paying for your building anymore. So for me and my business partner, that was like a double Like, what (laughs) kind of thing? And I didn't want to drive. I didn't want to commute. I didn't want to work at this job at all. And so I definitely didn't want to commute. And so that was one of those things that at the time I was like, that's bad luck. That's just a bad random situation that I have no control over. You know, that's a drag. Um, But in the long run, that situation that I had no control over kind of pushed me to get off of my chair and pushed me to look for a different job, which, you know, got me into working from home, which afforded me to be able to start making YouTube videos on the side. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It it led me down this path that I'm in now. Um, And unfortunately, I can say that that wasn't me being proactive. That wasn't me being like, I'm going to do this thing. It was some guy saying, I'm not going to pay you anymore. <laughs> you know, or, or like, you're going to have to drive 45 minutes back and forth to work every day. And I was like, nope, that's enough for me to get off my butt and go figure something else out.
1: Very similar situation with me. Uh, I was working, I talked about this in the past, or I, I spent many years in the toy business as a freelancer and we started losing money because the business was changing and we weren't getting the same clientele. So we We basically went out of business, my brother and I. We had a a model shop where we prototyped and developed concepts for people. And then we ended up going to work for our number one client, who then eventually went out of business himself. And so there we were, backed against the wall. And $20,000 a month in income just was like done. He said, here's your last check. I don't have any money for the next month, and that's it. And so that was in 2004. And that's when my whole life changed. So I was very unlucky that day. But when you look back at the timeline of your life, when you're in these Peaks and valleys, when you're in the valleys, most often you think, wow, I'm so unlucky. And then when you're at your peak, you're like, wow, well, things couldn't be any better for me right now. But you got to remember that when you're in those valleys and you're feeling unlucky, it's just a moment in time. Because when you give yourself enough time to reflect and look back, like me, I'm an old man. I could look back and say, oh, I remember that. You know, that phase of that dark period of my life started right there and then. But that led to this, that led to this, that led to this. And that's where I am now. And I got all these other things that are lucky, and that was just one unlucky thing which led to more lucky events. And one more example is I, w- I was in a relationship, and one day things were weird, and I said, what's up? And she's like, I'm leaving you. It's over. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm heartbroken. And I really was heartbroken. And But when I look back at that time, if that event didn't happen, so many other things wouldn't have occurred, which led me to where I am today. So – Again, when you're in a dark place or you're in a, a valley and you feel unlucky, you really got to wait for the sun to come out again. I'm speaking in a million cliches, but it's true. You got to wait for the sun to come out or you got to wait for you, those opportunities when, when you look back on them. You're like, wow, I was really lucky to be in that place at that time to meet that person that changed my career or my love life or whatever it was. And we all get so complacent when everything seems to be going great. But then when someone kicks you in the teeth and makes everything change, you're like, Oh my God, I'm so unlucky. But that leads to kind of like a forest fire, another cliche forest fire sets the palette for another beautiful forest.
2: Hmm. You can look at it on a much smaller scale too. I mean, what's the difference between bad luck and a failure? Like, you know, if you're making a piece of furniture and all of a sudden the wood splits on the top, you're like, is that, that's kind of, you're unlucky, right? You're like, Oh, now what do i do and then you 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 learn from that you you move on maybe you put one of those little keys in there and then that's the conversation piece and that's the highlight of the furniture you know it's it's what you do with that bad luck or what you do with that failure mm-hmm. yeah that's a
0: really good point mm-hmm. you were talking about the the peaks and valleys <clears throat> which reminded me i had a conversation about basically that same thing with a friend of mine a long time ago about a sine wave which is peaks and valleys um and how like a lot of times our lives just feel like You know, you go through these phases, and they're not necessarily even phases, like the same amount of time, like a sine wave would be, but you have the low times, you have the high times. And if you're only focused on where you are at that very moment and what's happening... That's right. Like, picture the sine wave in your mind and zoom in on it to the point, you know, like single point. All you see is the bottom on one side of the screen and the top on the other side of the screen. And that's a huge change. That's a huge variance between the bottom and the top and that's scary and that's depressing and that's whatever you know the situation is but then as you zoom out those two points the highest and the lowest <clears throat> get closer to closer together because you're seeing more time you're seeing it pass over time and so the the great stuff is maybe not as great as it feels in the very moment but the bad stuff is also not as bad as it feels in the moment and so it's all that's a perspective thing that's just being able to look at like the long you know, the long story of your life or the long story of a a part of your life and not letting those highs be so outrageous so that the lows are not so outrageous. Um, and so I, we had that conversation a long time ago because my friend was going through some stuff and at the time he seemed to say that that helped him kind of keep some perspective. So maybe that will for somebody else. I don't know.
1: Uh, A funny quote, people always call it luck when you've acted more sensibly than they have. I'm just looking at because I have all these quote pages open.
2: <laughs> Shallow men like believe in luck. End.
1: Strong men believe in cause and effect. So yeah, Ralph like Waldo Emerson. Ooh. What What was the first part of that? I missed it. Shallow men believe in luck. Strong men believe in cause and effect.
0: Hmm.
1: I believe in a little about, so I'm stupid and smart at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Any other stories about stuff like that? Me personally, like I said, people are always telling me, Oh, you're so lucky, you're so lucky because of this, because of that. And I, and I do honestly feel that I have like a, I'm not very spiritual in this way, it's going to sound kooky, but I do honestly feel that I have a little bit of a of an angel on my shoulder when it comes to a lot of things. Like the other day, I walked out of school and I was walking with a friend and we were both talking and he stepped in the biggest pile of dog manure and I was one inch away from stepping on it and I wouldn't pay any attention and he did. And right at that moment, I'm like, wow, I, I know this, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to be funny, I'm being 100% honest. I said, wow, I feel really lucky. And it was a mess. Like he had to go wash his shoe mm. off. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm so, i so, right there and then I'm like, see, luck is on my shoulder again. That could have been me if we were literally like one or two feet in either direction just walking down the sidewalk. But it didn't happen to me. It happened to him who always tends to have a little bit of bad luck. So it's also like a state of mind. It's almost like an energy you bring into your life. And This is getting a little kooky, but I honestly do feel that, there, I'm, the only answers I'm thinking about is when I did not step in, in dog poo and then when all my vehicles got stolen and came back to me. There's there's luck all the time. Like my brother John got a, a TV show to work with Nick Offerman and then one thing led to another. Then I ended up working with Nick Offerman on this canoe and then he became hugely famous and now I'm like associated with him. I'm not as famous as him obviously. but I, and, and aside from all that, we actually have a genuine friendship. So I got lucky to become friendly with somebody that's inspired me with, with woodwork. And uh, the bigger benefit of our relationship is that he's really opened my eye to more fine woodworking before he even got famous. But the fact that he's famous Mm -hmm. keeps people interested in me personally. And then I was lucky enough to have him do a chapter in his book, which I didn't know. Like it wasn't a plan. He did it without my knowledge. So am I lucky? Some people might consider that lucky. I don't know. It's just a friendship that developed into this, you know more public thing which you know benefits me in social media basically but that's it um so there's all different instances like that where somebody might look at me and say i'm lucky or i might look at myself and say i'm lucky but there's there's a million of them those are just the few things that pop into my mind that i did not step in poo <laughs> <laughs>
2: You, you you brought up energy, and you you're like this is this is this kooky thing, and, and I am a big believer in like positive and negative energy. But yep. there's some truth to it because if you're a positive person, you focus on the positive things. If you're a negative person, you focus on the negative things. And whatever you focus on is what expands. It's what you you if you always focus on the negative things. If you focus on your bad luck, you're going to get more of it. Maybe not technically more of it but you're just going to notice it more than the other person
1: right that reminds me of something really important that i tell taylor all the time and i tell friends around me and i'm telling the podcast world if there are people around you that are negative don't tell Mm. them anything don't tell Mm -hmm. them that you're planning on buying a building don't tell them that you're planning on trying to buy a new car don't tell them anything because they will just go oh you sure you have enough money is youtube really paying you that well what if the advertisers fall apart I mean, I'm quoting people that actually have whispered in my ear. Oh, are you sure? But what if, but what if, and what if, and what if the building falls down? Oh, what if, what if everything goes away? I I have none of those fears. I mean, we talked about, you know, I I go into debt. I go into tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and I come right back out of it. I'm completely fearless. What if everything goes right? What if everything Mm -hmm. goes right? That's exactly, that's exactly a great quote. So when I spontaneously make decisions like buying tools and, And I don't ask anybody's advice. I might talk to Taylor about it because she'll have a positive effect on me. But certain people in my life, I absolutely shield them from what I'm doing. And that is because I know they will always say something negative impulsively because of their own personal fear. They immediately say, I'm not going to buy a $12,000 hot tub. Why would you buy a $12,000 hot tub? And then I said, I already did it, so – it's water under. You just bought a $12,000 hot tub? You didn't? I said, it's gone. It's a dump. You didn't deal. ask me first? You didn't? I said, it's not. Well, didn't you look at two places that sell hot? T-? I go, no, I just wanted to. One, he had what I wanted.
2: I can't believe you bought a hot tub. I would have talked you out of it. Exactly.
1: So, I mean, I'm using a couple of funny examples that come to mind. But every single day of my life, I, I bite my tongue when I'm about to tell somebody something. I'm like, eh, they don't need to know that. I'm like too yeah. open. Honestly, I'm open to a fault. But when when I'm just having conversations with people and I'm like, yeah, I was thinking about it. Oh, what do you want to do that for? Don't. Yeah. Only hang around and share your 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 thoughts with people that aren't going to necessarily agree with you, but that will make an educated input or you know say, oh, you know what? If you do buy that $12,000 hot tub. You know, I know somebody that bought one for $11,000. It's basically the same one. Go, Let's go take a look at that one instead of knee-jerk out of fear. Don't waste your money. It's a waste of money. People don't use hot tubs. So I was going to – Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. I was going to say the same thing like in that it's
0: as dangerous, I think, to listen to the people who are always naysayers as it is to listen to yes-men. Right. And that can be confused very easily. You know, if you have a friend that's always like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, whatever. Cool, man, let's go for it. That's not always wise counsel, right? And that's not always the thing that you should do. Um, when you're in college, that seems like a great idea. But, you know, that's it's it can be at least as dangerous as someone who says, don't do anything. The world might explode and then you'll whatever. Um, and so I think it's pretty important in general to have at least just a couple of people that you really, really trust around you Um that you can trust for like sound advice and honest opinions and honest feedback. And those are the people that you talk to about like moving and buying buildings and (laughs) families and marriage and, you know, like the big stuff, the stuff that matters that you actually need real input, hot tubs, you know,
1: right? (laughs) important stuff. Oh, it's, it's absolutely true. I, I, I can't emphasize it enough. Don't tell your mother and father what you're planning on doing. Don't, <laughs> don't tell your girlfriend's family what you're doing. Don't tell, don't tell them anything. And when they say, What's- you know, when they say, how's everything? You just go, everything's fine. You know, if you're getting audited by the government, don't tell anybody anything because they're going to go, my friend was, was handcuffed. He's living in Guantanamo Bay right now. They still haven't finished his taxes. <laughs> People will tell you the most negative things. I mean, you know, the minute I talk about my hand injury, the it's like, oh, I know this dude. He got his whole hand cut off on a, you know, on a jigsaw. Right. Don't use saws. So, yeah, yeah. Don't, do you really want saw stop Really going to work? Is it really going to work? <laughs> it's probably not worth finding out.
0: Just don't use the saw. Yeah, I do have to say though, I, I agree with the sentiment that you're saying. But my parents, in particular, right. are awesome. You guys both met my yeah, parents. Yeah,
1: they're, they're awesome. I mean, my are, my parents are. are great too. But I definitely shield my dad from stuff. Dad, he never listens. Sorry, I love you.
2: But <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, your your parents. Yeah, are I good. mean. Yeah, they're great,
0: and they actually have been super supportive. When I told them things like, hey, I'm going to go to art school, instead of going, what? They went, okay, let's talk about that. And then, you know, when I said, hey, I'm going to ma- get married to this girl that I don't know that well, or haven't known very long, they were like, oh, okay, cool, let's meet her. Um, so, yeah, they're awesome. Um, I was going to say, if I can remember the point earlier, it was a while ago. Oh, yeah. Um, so, we talked about a little bit about, like, you know, you were talking about energy and positive and negative energy and I think that's I personally probably wouldn't use those same words but I I agree with like the idea like you um, you know you decide how you want to react I think we kind of talked about this at at the making it 100 event like you kind of decide your future by how you're planning on reacting to it a little Mm bit Um, and so I think you know everybody like whether you're a person of faith I can say that I'm a person of faith and that affects how I look at things and how I expect things to happen and how I handle the things that happen to me. And so whether you're like that, whether you're not, whether you believe in luck, whether you, you know, whatever the thing is that you think defines the world around you, ultimately it comes down to when now happens, you have to decide how you're going to react to it. And that changes a whole lot. The effect that stuff you can't control has on you and has on your future. You know I mean? You can decide to be totally bummed out that, you know, You get broken up with, you get dumped, and that can ruin your life. Or you can just decide that that's like part of my life now. That's how things have changed. Um, And I'm not saying that's always like easy to just like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like chug ahead. But, you know, if you're gonna let things, everything dictate, the world around you dictate how you feel and dictate how you react, then you're gonna have a tough time. And I think it's probably more beneficial in the long run to decide ahead of time. You know, to always look for the good, to always look for the, the best in the people around you, stuff like that. I mean, I think that goes a pretty long way.
1: If you could see the world at a right angle, you would have an easier time making better decisions. It sounds – it's a little abstract of a thought. But if you could see the world at a right angle – now, if, if, imagine if you're driving in traffic. And you only see the first car, the third car, second, third car in front of you. But imagine if you could drive with your head 30 feet out of the roof of your car, you could see there's a traffic jam up there. I'm <laughs> going to turn here. I'm going to do that. I'm going to turn there instead of just punching your steering wheel for a half hour. So I always like have this like fantasy that I could see the world from like 30 feet above everywhere I'm going. And I try and imagine that, that that's real. And so I always think like if I meet somebody, I'm like, I can tell instantly, I'm like, this person is going to be a complete pain in my ass. So. I just tactfully stay friendly with them, keep them at an arm's distance. Hey, can I come hang out? Can I come be part of the shop? Can I be hey yeah, yeah we'll talk about that next week and then just keep putting them off. But <laughs> try and I try to live my life from thirty five feet in the air. So I could see what's ahead of me and and consequently I could look back at those peaks and valleys we talked about and when I'm in when I'm in the 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 Poo, and I'm having a tough time, I could <laughs> say to myself, "Well, remember when I was in the poo in 2005, and I was feeling so horrible about myself. It wasn't just a few weeks later that I got this opportunity to do this, and then I got the show hammered in 2005, at the same exact time I was dumped, and then like weeks later, I got the show hammered. So like everything like there was these peaks and valleys that all, oh, when you look back at it, I say to myself, "Oh, that was a really good time in my life." but when i think about those individual moments you can you got to remember it's it's the big picture so when you're in it now think to yourself what's this going to look like in a year from now when i put all these moments together or I string these months together it's not going to be that big of a deal
2: so i just watched this interview yesterday with tim allen and i'm not a tim allen fan at all um, i don't like the show home improvement at all yeah. but uh but the interview was really great, so as many people might know, back in the eighties, um, he was arrested for dealing cocaine or having cocaine on him or whatever, but he went to jail, and then he was on parole afterwards, and like the very same week that his parole officer says, "You're completely free," was like the week he got a call from this agent saying, "There's this opening for this the show or whatever." And so it's like it's it's like he had this bad moment in his life. He learned from it and then used that as like the, you know, I'm going to do good. I'm going to I'm going to turn this ship around, and you know, look where he's at today. He's had a couple successful shows, a great stand up comedy career. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's a legendary comedic actor.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. So,
0: this is unrelated. You you really didn't like Home Improvement, the show?
1: (sighs) Okay, maybe I said that so people don't. It's okay. You don't have to. I I have to confess. I never saw it once. I didn't even know what it was until 10 years after it was on the air. <laughs>
2: hmm. I, I don't dislike it, but I definitely don't like it. I don't like hmm. the humor, the repeated, like, it's, it's, the humor's really, and I'm sorry if, if you love the show, but the humor's really dumbed down to me. And it's like, hmm. I'm not really into the whole, like, man humor, ask, you, you know, the, you know, the I don't, just not into the yeah. man humor. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, it was like a, I mean, a very typical sitcom, you know, had a lot of the, the same kind of tropes that a lot of those shows had. The thing that I actually, <clears throat> I don't know that I noticed it at the time, because I liked it in the, at that point in my life. Um, but going back and watching it not too long ago, I watched some of the episodes. The thing that I really like about it now is how much fun it's making of him trying to make fun of stuff. <laughs> which, I, it's, it's a little more meta than I thought, and maybe it wasn't supposed to be, I don't know. But it's like that whole man humor thing, it's making fun of man humor, which I think is kind of funny. Um, but the, the thing that I, that really stuck out about it is that, and this is maybe just the, the dad and me or something, but, <clears throat> um, there are so many shots in that show of him doing dishes and at the end of every meal that he would have with his family, he was always the one over there cleaning up and he would completely wipe down, I don't know why I noticed this, but he would completely <laughs> wipe down the sink, do all the dishes. And that was like his wrap up. And something about that stuck with me from watching it as a kid is like, I my dad didn't do that. You know what I mean? And like, that's not something I would typically expect. So I, I don't know. I thought that it was cool to see him as a character, like, invested in some of the stuff that had to happen around the house. Because I don't think in that time period that was necessarily something that happened a lot. Anyway, that informed me a lot because I do dishes all the time and I do laundry <laughs> and I do all this stuff. Anyway, unrelated. maybe
2: I need to go back as an as a older adult and rewatch some of those. No,
0: you you probably wouldn't. Like I it. don't care.
2: <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> when I did my show Hammered and Trash to Cash, every single person I would say, oh, I'm doing a show where I make it. Oh, like Home Improvement. And uh, and the first like <laughs> 10 people, I was like, I'm not, yeah, what what is that? I'm not sure what that is. And then eventually I obviously figured out what it was and then I would just go, yeah, it's just like Home Improvement. And I never saw the show once. Hmm. See, the funny
0: thing about it was it was not about tools. It was not about his TV show. It was about him improving his family, his home. That's right. what the home was, not ah, the man. projects and the TV show. That's deep. It, it really was. Like, if you go back and watch it, that stuff is the setting. That stuff, it, like, describes who he was as a character. I, I'm i such a nerd. Sorry. <laughs> I gotta, anyway.
2: I'm going to see if this is on Hulu or Netflix or something because I have to go back it's and watch not. it. It's not. It's not? Right. No. I looked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> bob do you have vhs tapes of it you can admit it
0: i do not <laughs> i do not um you guys got anything else on a uh, topic
1: i just think you got to work hard to get whatever you want that's it and you know if you and if, if it's something you really really want you'll get lucky in time because you're putting yourself out there and when you get the opportunity to to get a tool company to watch your videos and all this stuff it's all just putting yourself out there then you get lucky
2: yeah i i agree it's, it's it's all about hard work and you hear so many stories of people winning the lottery like very people who don't have money all of a sudden win the lottery and all and then 5 years later they're broke again and so they had that moment of luck and they and they went right back to to where they were if you're if you I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, and I don't, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, but if you don't work hard and you get lucky, you're going to end up right back to where you were. If you do work hard and mm. you get lucky, it's going to advance you. Yeah.
1: And, and, and just one more point, talking about, uh, I'm just remembering another opportunity when I, when I was able to, because sh- I just brought up the show Hammered, and I got lucky because my good friend, Ramey, knew somebody at HGTV, and that was the way I met people at HGTV. I got lucky. And then when I was able, she's like, oh, yeah, just send us whatever your ideas are. So I got that introduction. I was lucky to get that introduction. But if the ideas I sent in weren't any good, my luck would have ended right there. So mm-hmm. they, you know, just getting in your foot in the door is one thing, but being able to keep your foot in the door with some good, impressive concepts. And that being said, I got my foot in the door, and it wasn't until over a year later that they called me back and said, let's do the show where you and your brother mm. make stuff. So- I was lucky, then I felt completely unlucky, and then I felt lucky again. So everything takes time and you know you just plant seeds. That's really important. You just keep planting seeds. So I planted that seed with the woman at the HETV and then it grew into the TV show a year later. So you just plant seeds. And then when I made – and I just use these examples because it's what's on my mind at the second. But uh, when I sold the show Dirty Money, I was at a production company and I had the idea on my YouTube channel. And I said, oh, you guys should look at this show I did a long time ago. You might like it. I got a call that week. We love this show. Can we try and sell it to Discovery Channel? We have a hookup. I was like, sure. So we got the hookup. We got lucky. They said, you know, we got to nurture this luck a little bit. It's not going to stay around. And so they recut my pitch tape, and then that led to the pilot, and the pilot led to the series, and then the series led to YouTube. So Hmm. you get lucky, and you got to kind of try and maintain it.
0: That's interesting about the perspective. Back to the perspective stuff because I'd never heard you say that there was a year gap in there. Yeah. You always just say like, "Yeah, we had a show. I made this video, and then we ended up having a show." But and and with a greater perspective, that's what you see. You don't see that year gap. But right, that's interesting to hear. <clears throat> cool. Um, what do you guys been watching? I've got some good ones this week. I'm excited. I think once again, I think
2: mine relates, and I am listening to an Audible book, and it's Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run. It's really, mm. really good. I'm not the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan. Uh, I do like the album Nebraska a lot. Everything else, I'm, I'm a fan of the hits, uh, whatever, And but I don't really know much. Bruce was a guest on Mark Maron's podcast, and uh, I started listening to it because I was interested, and then like 20 minutes into it, I hit stop, and immediately went and got the Audible book because... There were some things that I related, like Bruce's relationship with his father, and I was like, I, "I gotta I gotta read this book." And Bruce does that. the reading. Yeah, Bruce does the reading. He he reads the book, and it's so it's so good, and it's all about hard work, like that dude worked really hard for a long time to get where he was and even after he had a few hits like still completely broke because of the way record deals work and and touring and 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 all that but he just kept at it he that's all he knew growing up in his teens 20s and 30s was hard work hard work gets you success and so Hmm. it's if, if you're into bruce even just a little bit you'll love the book
0: i'm interested just to hear the book just from the description i don't really have any particular feeling about Bruce Springsteen.
1: But um, So I've been listening to Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History podcast. Does anybody pay attention to Malcolm Gladwell? Uh-uh. Uh-uh.
2: Malcolm Gladwell is
1: a writer and he's, he's an amazing writer and he's also really good books on tape because he could tell a really good story. So um, the tipping point where you know we all get to this moment and like, now Bob's reached his tipping point. He's at, a, he's at a million subs and this might just blow him up, you know. And where this whole community is like getting to a tipping point where all of a sudden everybody knows the maker community. And you bumped into somebody the other night that knows me at a bar. You're like, didn't who said, Dave, you said that somebody was telling you about this guy on YouTube named Jimmy DeResco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was so, like, yeah, I know
1: that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, that's the tipping point where like, you know, the, the public conscience gets to a point where everyone's talking about something, you know, whether it's Kim Kardashian or our YouTube community. Um, so that's Malcolm Gladwell. He also is the one who coined the term 10,000 hours. So, you get mm-hmm. outliers mm-hmm. of people that are you know, I have ten thousand hours on the band so, so I'm like a you know, virtuoso on the band so like Jimi Hendrix as he is on the guitar. And so Malcolm Gladwell has a podcast and it's great because he makes these he brings you around, like he'll take thirty minutes to make a point, but bring you through all these other smaller points until he brings you right back around. So it's so well produced. It it's almost a it's almost it's it's produced in the way that this American life is produced, where every episode oh. Is like an episode of sixty minutes, where it's not like a guy getting on the air and just talking about you know what he ate for breakfast that morning, like some other comedian podcasts are, which really annoy me. And uh, I have or a couple us. of really, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of really like great comedian podcasts. I mean, comedians that have podcasts, but it's them ranting for thirty minutes, and it's like there's no rhyme or reason. To where is this going? So
0: yeah,
1: it was just refreshing to to this weekend finally listen to Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. It came up in the top twenty. I didn't even, I never heard of it. I didn't know about it till then. Anyway, take a listen. It's great. And it's like I said, it's just well-produced. It's like a story beginning, middle, and end, and it's not just some guy talking on the microphone. Every one of his episodes are produced the way his books are produced. Sweet.
0: Well, I've got one recommendation, but it it ties to other stuff. So last week, I was on uh, a guest on the Crafted podcast. Do you guys know about the Crafted podcast?
1: I heard of it. I haven't listened yet.
0: Okay. So Johnny Brook, Zach – and James and I can't remember their last names because I'm a horrible person um, they have a podcast and it's really good and they talk about like making stuff and um, woodwork and metalwork and, and all sorts of things anyway I was on there and it was a really good time I think it comes out this week I'll try to link to it whenever it's out but um, uh, oh I uh, also a couple of weeks ago was on the making geeks podcast doing I don't know if I talked about this already or not but it was a total nerd geek episode we did a <laughs> spoiler cast about rogue one and we just talked about star wars for an hour so if you're interested in that go check that out it was fun but um on the crafted podcast uh johnny recommended this guy named william Osman. you guys familiar with william Osman?
2: i don't think so no.
0: <laughs> okay you're gonna love it he's awesome um i just started watching him and i watched a couple of them today so he has a pretty small channel But his style is just really funny and loose, and he has a home-built laser that's like a 100-watt laser or something extremely dangerous that he made himself. Okay. And so he uh, cuts, you know, meat with it, and today he put out a video popping a single piece of popcorn with a laser, and he put a remote control thing on the back of this dog so he can lead the dog with a hot dog that's dangling in front of him. It's... It's just really funny stuff, and he always wears, like, these horrible cat shirts, and he he just has a really <laughs> funny delivery. It's awesome. You're going to love it. So, what is the name so, of it uh, I'm writing it down? His name is William Osman, O-S-M-A-N. He's a lot of fun, so, and and he should have a bigger following than he has, so be sure to go.
1: It sounds like him. I might have watched him, but I want to double check.
0: It's really, it's really good. <laughs> subscribe. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that was my recommendation. Uh, before we go, got to thank our Patreon supporters, as always. Uh, everybody who supports us over there, really appreciate it. Uh, our top patrons are Make, Build, Modify, and Luis Gonzalez. They are always taking care of us, and we are super grateful for those guys. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash makingit and do that. Or you can share the show. Share the show. Buy you know, t-shirts, you know sweatshirts. Oh, that's right. We have sweatshirts now and t-shirts. I forgot about that. Yes. Um, I guess that's it. You guys got anything else? Mm-mm.
2: Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No.
1: No. No. Mm-mm. no. That was a good okay. one. I feel a little exhausted, but thank you for listening. <laughs> I feel lucky. Okay,
0: Jimmy's going to Jimmy's going to go take a nap. So, Did we wear <laughs> we'll see you guys while, next Jimmy week.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I actually, uh, I just a, a little funny note. Yeah, this week was my first week of class. And I really ranted. If Maybe one of my students who just met me for the first time this semester filmed that episode of my class. If any of you guys watched it, you would crack up. I was ranting and raving and yelling about what people aren't learning at school. And it gave me a whole topic for a lecture, which maybe one day I'll have an opportunity to do. And then once I was done, I just like stopped breathing. I just said, boy, I'm tired. I said, you guys could leave. (laughs) 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 It was really funny. It totally came out of it came from from within me. I wasn't expecting to talk about the many things I did that day. Wow, well,
0: <sighs> no, I'm really curious. I'll talk about them soon. Cool. All right, see you guys then. Bye-bye. later.
1: And you know, if you guys listen to the, the Dusty Life podcast, at the very end, I say I love you.